Welcome back to Going Long on First. Thursday night. Not a good night for Packer fans. Not a good night for Packer fans. Raider fans are absolutely ecstatic. Uh, Packer fans have absolutely blindsided. It's probably the blindsided. Owen, how are you feeling right now? What do you mean, Seth? They ju- they're just about to re-sign Razul Douglas. Um, we're making a we're making a Super Bowl run, just like we all thought, with all of our best players at hand. Yes, you do have a free one hundred forty one point two five million dollars over the next five years. So yeah, you could sign a lot of guys. So let's. I mean, Jeremy alluded to it. Um, you know, I guess we just gotta just step right in, Seth. You know, I was I was feeling good today. It's feeling good. You know, we're going to talk a lot of free agency, which we'll get into. You know, it's free agency week with the legal tamping period and then, uh, you know, official league day yesterday, new league year, all this stuff. So a lot of things to talk about this week with all the moves. And then uh, probably, what, an hour and a half ago, right before we start, the bombshell drops. Devontae Adams traded from the Packers to the Las Vegas Raiders for their 2022 first round and 2022 second round pick. And then immediately it's thrown out there that he signs a five-year, $141 million contract to be the highest paid wide receiver in league history. 28 mil per year. That is about three to four million more. 28 and a quarter. Oh, and 28 and a quarter. It's about three to four million more than DeAndre Hopkins, uh, which was the goal for him the whole time was to be the highest paid receiver. So he got that. He did. And he got <laughs> to be, like Jeremy said, pre-pod right before he got on. Um, he, he's back with his best buddy, his college buddy, back on the West Coast, and uh, they'll be reliving the glory days, or at least hoping to, from Fres- Fresno State, correct? correct? Correct. Fresno State. Now they're in Las Vegas State. So. Las Vegas State? Las Vegas State. <laughs> Seth, immediate reaction. You read this tweet from Adam Schefter, blockbuster trade. How long? Uh, so I was walking take- down my steps, and I, I'm glad I was at the bottom because I probably would have fallen and <laughs> would not have been able to get on this podcast. And I just stopped and I yelled, "What?" Yes. And I was like, I, I, I took a minute because I'm like, the, the, no. I mean, maybe, maybe some talks, whatnot, but this ain't no, real. This no, isn't real. What it's I'm not real. No. <laughs> I think. And then I had to, uh, you know, and then obviously I jumped on Twitter right away and uh, Bleacher Report and things like that to to see. And then, yeah, I was spreading everywhere like wildfire. And then my second thought was, well, there goes Rodgers. There's no way he's going to play without Adams. And then, of course, the reports come out after that to that. Well, Rodgers knew all along. He knew that Adams wasn't going to play in Green Bay again. So he's well aware of the situation. So I'm a little relieved on that end because I thought we lost the best receiver in the game and the best quarterback in the game at the same time. Uh, but seems like uh, Rodgers will be staying at least. Owen, so, what was your 
reaction to this? Yeah, it definitely took me about 20 minutes to like really at least even start trying to wrap my head around it because it was it was a little jarring. I think we were maybe a little too optimistic that this uh, this Adams extension would be happening after the franchise tag because the franchise tag happens and then just, you know, you're like, okay, well, you know, hopefully they work it out, but I mean, at least we know we got them. Right. Uh, but maybe, you know, a, a full year of uh, Adams and Rogers both talking about this extension issue coming and not wanting to get franchise tagged and, Maybe we should have took a little more uh, credence into those comments. Um, so, yeah, so it happens. It, I realize now that it's not too much of a surprise. But, uh, yeah, we were, we were all blinded by, uh, by optimism. And I'm still working on, like, it making sense to me. And we'll, you know, we'll elaborate. But, you know, as I told Jeremy – you think like there's a million factors at play and I think, and I'm still, I'm trying to trying to figure out a lot of them, but like to Devante apparently is really just playing with car, uh, which was hinted at by both of them at times. And, you know, playing, well, I mean, playing at a, on a good team and closer to his home, but like that kind of outshined every other factor here and that's where yeah. i'm kind of surprised i guess on that on that end. i i'm still i'm honestly still digesting all this like i'm still trying right. to understand where this is happening how this is happening why it happened i i mean you know obviously part of it is the money but what i don't get what we talked about before is the packers were willing to give him pretty much what the raiders gave him so obviously it came down to different things why he wanted to go. Was it that relationship with Carr? Is that such a huge factor in this? Was it because he wanted to play closer to home? Was it like we talked about before, Owen, pre-pod? I mean, was his relationship with Packers front office like that damaged that it just couldn't be repaired? Right. Something that isn't going to be spoken publicly. Like maybe there was really something there which is possible entirely possible which is sad if that's how it ended because he had such a great career there his connection with Rodgers uh, is so special can i chime in no okay so yeah y'all are clearly as the kids call it shook um the one thing i'll say real quick is i think you guys are leaving one big chunk out Okay, Seth, you're you're about to just. I'm gonna start to pot off hot. Okay, you ready? I knew it. I so, was ready. I, I I. There's three things that I think are going into this. One, the contract. Obviously, Adams has made it very clear that he wanted to be the top paid receiver in the league. He's earned it. He deserves it. You gotta go get paid like that. I actually just pulled up his earnings throughout his career so far. And uh, I'm not going to sit here. I'm, here's the deal. The guy's a multimillionaire. He's had a contract from 2017 to 2021, four years, 58 million. Like the guy's made money, right? At the end of the day, he, he's not hurting. But 
when you're out there and you're Devontae Adams and you're like, hey, I'm the baddest motherfucker that signs up to catch the football every Sunday, and Christian Kirk is getting paid like this, you know what I mean? Allen Robinson's getting paid like this in L.A. Like, hey, people are tossing around money, right. which I'll tie this back for two seconds to my Eagles. This is why the Eagles haven't signed a receiver. How he's not going to go pay somebody like that? Now, I'm going to back. Here's my Seth, you're going to hate me for one reason, but you'll probably enjoy one part of what I'm going to say, okay? So the contract is, I feel like, one part of this. The second part of this, i seen uh, David Carr chime in on NFL Total Access about, he's like, yep. hey, Devontae's family. He's like, this is my brother's best friend. They go back, you know, pretty far. Fresno State days, blah, 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 blah. I mean, they've made it pretty clear. You know, you've seen things of them at the Pro Bowl where they're, you know, chatting up. Relationships go farther than damn near anything, whether it's pro football, you know, any, any, any business, you know, relationships go really far. Now, the third thing, the third thing is you have to think Aaron Rodgers has put some uncertainty in his head. There's no doubt in my mind at all. You're a, what is he, 30? Devontae Adams is 30 years old, right? 30, 31, right around there, yeah. You have not only watched, and I'm going to tie this a little bit into the Packers organization in general, but I blame Aaron Rodgers more than I blame the Packers at the end of the day, the Packers made it clear that they would pony up the money and pay him. And ultimately, if he keeps on doing these one-year franchise tanks, he's going to make more money. I can't remember who it is, but somebody's done that like four or five years in a row now. I mean, Kirk Cousins, another person's kind of done it. And you you make more money that route. Now you don't have the certainty, you know, for the, the duration of like a five-year contract like he just got, but you can make more money that route. So, I mean, I get what he, he's after. He wants the certainty of the contract. Now, when you sit there and watch Aaron Rodgers go through his whole situation now, self-inflicted, the franchise, whatever it may be, maybe it's both sides of it, 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, I don't know. When you're the best receiver in the NFL and you got to strike it while it's hot and you're watching your 38-year-old quarterback hold the shit that's been going on with him in Green Bay for the last three, four years, you know, with this contract dispute, you know, he's going to retire, not going to retire, blah, blah, blah. Why the hell would you sign up to play there? You see who's behind him, Jordan Love. Clearly, no one's excited about that. So it's like, hey, you're a 30-year-old receiver. You are in the absolute prime of your career. Are you going to sign up to be with a quarterback that basically just signed a contract that's only good for two years? That takes you to 32. Or you're going to go jump in with your best friend over here in Vegas where you know he's still fairly young. He's going to be there until you retire, if not longer. And he's locked in. He's made it very clear he's locked in in Oakland. He wants to be there, blah, blah, blah. Oakland's made it pretty clear that they want him other than when uh, Gruden was there for a little bit. But I think the uncertainty of Rodgers has a play in this. Now, you guys know as well as I do, that will never come out until after these guys are all retired. That'll never come out until there's a 30 for 30. And they're like, yeah, Devontae Adams. Oh, my God, he, he left Green Bay, you know what is it, six years into his NFL career or whatever it is, and then uh, he goes on to, you know, Vegas, wins the Super Bowl, retires, and ultimately the reason he left Green Bay is because the uncertainty with Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. That'll come out years in the, years in the future, but I don't think you can you, – I don't think that can go without being mentioned because ultimately that happens. I mean, it happens in all sports. You see, guys, there's uncertainty, uncertainty whether it be with players, the franchise, so be it, and guys leave. Now – I'll say one thing for Green Bay real quick. And this is where if I'm a Packer fan, yeah, you're hurt because it's like, hey, 
This guy's the 99 overall Madden. This guy's the best receiver on the NFL. Like, <laughs> that's why we like him, the 99 Madden. It's the 99. That's it, Owen. That's the only thing. When you jump on those rosters and you're like, hey, we got two 99s, fuck y'all. But ultimately, what, what I will say as an Eagles fan and as a true believer in the way that you build a franchise, no fucking way I'm paying a receiver like that. No fucking way. That's why I do not care that Howie's not throwing, shelling out money at some random guy. Packers went in and they bet on their quarterback. They give Rodgers what's actually panning out to be a pretty team-friendly deal. You can get out after two years, and actually he took a cut this year, it sounded like. And then you're not ponying up, I mean, $150 million for a receiver. It's like, hey, until somebody can tell me this team won the Super Bowl with the number one receiver on the number one contract – it's never happened. It'll never happen. It's all about the quarterback and pass rush. So it's like, I don't blame the Packers, but I, I get why you guys would be hurt. But personally, in my hearts of hearts, I, I if I'm if I'm a GM, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah, I get that. I think, um, you know, especially if that's the contract he wanted, the length at least, you know, that's 34, 35 years old and you're making, I don't know what that is yearly or the, it, it I mean, I don't know what it is in that year. I mean, let's just say it's $28 million. Yeah, we haven't seen a full breakdown of the contract, but you would I, – I would hope – Jeremy, you're not wrong. That is an insane amount of money for a receiver. Uh, you would yeah. hope this would at least be front-loaded uh, to where they're at least right giving him money. You got it? Okay. So they don't actually have the year-by-year breakdown, but I have, like, the numbers. It runs to 2026. He'll be 34. It's five years, 141 and a quarter million. So he's making 28 and a quarter. And I mean, what I had seen is it was front loaded on. I, now that was just yeah. rumblings. I don't know if it's true. Now with him being fairly young, you assume it's front loaded in the first three. And then the way they actually got it written up on here is they've got it written up to 2027 when he'll be 35. And then he'd be an unrestricted free agent. So, so, the, I mean, Green Bay, 99% of the time would never, ever do that, if, even if they had – I mean, unless they had, like, 24-year-old Randy Moss. Um, Owen, to that point, 18 of the 32 teams wouldn't do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying is is it's, it's a contra- – it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an albatross, right? It's It's very – it's a special situation, and I, I get the Raiders uh, wanting to do this, especially – I mean, McDaniels over there is going all in with the competition in that division. The whole AFC um, West is all in, man. They're, they see each other making these moves, and they just keep trying to one-up each other. The Chiefs, <laughs> do they have to start making moves? <laughs> like, like what's going on with Eric them? Reed, they've, been I mean, the mo- they've been the only quiet ones. Um, they're probably going to lose uh, the Honey Badger, too. So they did. No, they're 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 out on the honey badger. They've only brought in Eric Reed, which is their clear sign that they're not bringing him back. Yeah, that's so, true. That's probably true. So obviously, like you know, on its face, it's like yeah, obviously the Raiders are significantly improved in the passing game with Devonte Adams. So, but still, like credit to the Packers for for getting the two, the first and the second, obviously, but mainly that cap space removed or that cap freed up um, for a guy that didn't, you know, he clearly just didn't want to be there. 
So they made out pretty well given the situation. And um, it's, it's really, and we all know this, like the Packers have like many all-star players that are just getting to this point that they needed a contract extension, like Jair, they just gave one to Devondre and Preston Smith, obviously. Elton Jenkins is going to be coming up. He's going to get a big-time O-line contract. Um, Did you just mention all-star players and then mention three guys and only one of them was an all-star? Well, NFL doesn't have all-star. I would have said Pro Bowl if I was trying to make it. I'm saying all-star level. No, I was just picking on you. The one, the one that was the all-star level was Jair, but – <clears throat> oh, well, I mean, you know, Devondre Campbell, all pro first team and Elton Jenkins pro bowler uh, as a second year. I mean, that, you know, I'm just talking about the real pro bowlers. Uh, Rizul, Douglas right. is, Rizul Douglas real is, about deal. To, is about to re-sign his contract to stay in Green Is he Bay. actually getting it? <clears throat> the actually getting the that's the expectation now, yes, is that they are well, going to re-sign him. Literally the instant that this trade gets finalized is he will put pen – to paper and sign his extension in green Bay. Um, I don't building that defense. That's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, so the, the good thing for the Packers is like they had all these veterans that were about to get paid, made decisions on Z and Devante. And, and now you don't have all these veterans that need to get paid. You're going to backfill it with some, you know, first, first second rounder talent uh that won't get paid for a little while so it's definitely a positive in that sense uh this year hey, is hard to hard to get the absolute optimism out of it though even if they draft Traylon Burks with the 22nd pick you know what are we looking at you know is he is he going to be a Jamar Chase level talent in this first year no so <laughs> <laughs> um, i would say honestly so like you said, Zadarius, he's still out there. I mean, you guys might bring him back. He, right? I mean, I'd be surprised. I, I would be very surprised I, if they did. But again, I looked at that like he backed out of his out of his deal with the Ravens. All of a sudden, all this cap is freed up in Green Bay. It's just like I'm sure they'd want to. I'm sure they'd right. probably put an offer to him or at least talk to him. Makes you wonder if he had some sort of an inkling that something was coming from Green Bay, opened up money, bring him back. You guys now have two first round picks. Two, yes. 22 and 28, and then two in the second. And then 53 and 60-something, like right? 59? Close. So you guys, got four first, you guys got four picks in the first 59 picks. Like, Something like that, yeah. Now, knowing the Packers, I doubt you guys go and take two or three of these picks and move up to, like, the top ten and draft a receiver. But you got to imagine, I mean, what – Devontae Adams was the 53rd overall pick in the second round. Who says you guys don't go get another Devontae Adams this year? Now it's, well, it's unlikely that it's yeah. unlikely, but you know that they're going to, what's one of these four picks you guys are drafting a receiver. Probably two. And let's be honest. My guess if they don't trade two of them to go up is my assumption. Right now let's be honest. I mean, God, wouldn't it be something if you guys traded up to get a quarterback, the whole whole state of Wisconsin would just be shit and bricks. But um, I just, yeah, I would be done. I'd be watching the Bucks and the Brewers and the Badgers and call it good. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, they're 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 a good football team. But uh, hey, you know, national <laughs> champion, Milwaukee Bucks. Thank you. 
<laughs> no, so what what I would say is, I mean, on its face right now, you guys are not a better team, but you guys have the right. ability to make moves now to become a better team. You know what I mean? And like, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have done that. Like that wasn't their priority. Their priority was still trying to sign Devontae. But given the fact that your all-star number one receiver in the league didn't want to play for you, what do you do now? It ended up has that truly come out though? Has that truly come out that he did not want to play in Green Bay anymore? The reports are is that the Packers were willing to match even uh, uh, talk about paying him more than what he got with the Raiders, but Devontae didn't want to sign. God, I I don't think that's see that's where that kind of takes me back to. It's got to be some of that uncertainty with with Rodgers now. Even I mean, shoot, if I'm the best receiver in the NFL. And if I've got the option to go play with my best friend who's the same age as me or to continue to play with this quarterback that's nearing retirement, no matter how you cut it, I'm, I mean, I'm probably going to go. I'm probably going to go play with my best friend too. I mean, ultimately, I mean, it's kind of a win-win for both. I mean, it, it's, a, yeah. it's a loss immediately for the Packers, obviously, because, I mean, they are a worse team now that Devontae Adams is not on the field. But like you guys have said, there, there's possibilities down the road now. They're, they have they have chances to make moves. They can still bring in a veteran wide receiver or two they wanted. It's kind of where I want to go to next. And they have choices in the draft now, four picks in the top 60, 53 and 59, I believe, is where those picks are in the second round. I mean, they have a lot of options to do. They have money, well, money, quote, unquote. They don't have a lot of it still, but they got a little bit more now. Where Owen, Jeremy, Owen, we talked about this before. I'll throw it out to both of you again. But where or if do they go after a veteran receiver? Would you? Who's even out there? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's I, I'll throw I out some big go. names that are still out there. Owen and I talked about this a lot. Uh, there's Odell, of course, but he's uh, you know on his ACL uh, mend. Um, there's Juju. MVS is still out there. Who's a Packer, former Packer. Um, there's uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, Julio Jones is obviously a big name now that he was cut by the Titans. Those are probably your some of your big ones out there. Uh, Will Fuller is one. Maybe you forgot the, about Will Fuller, but he's out there too. Add, add in the, um, the Seahawks fire sale going on. Lockett and DK probably available to potential suitors. I don't know what the Packers are thinking on that situation, but – or what it is an option. Exactly. What you have to get up to give DK. So I want to chime in on this real fast. So Seth, in the names you just named off there, Juju, you're going to get 16 games out of, right? I mean, coming back from the injury, you're probably going to get 16 games out of. MVS is somebody you're probably going to get 16 games out of, and he's got the familiarity with the team. I think Juju probably fits. He's like a poor man's Devante, kind of a similar type role. Um and then the other names you mentioned was Julio, OBJ, and what was the last one? Uh, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, and some of the other ones. Will Fuller is the one I was going with. We'll hold off on Jarvis. Um, those three guys, you damn near need to sign all three of them just to get 16 games out of them. Julio, <laughs> Odell, and, and uh, Will Fuller. I mean, you're going to be paying, I mean, quarterback salaries to all three of them just to get 16, probably 13 games out of them. Um, 
if I'm a team, so what kind of blew my mind is when Jarvis got cut, seeing the way the comments, I think it was on Instagram, seeing the comment section, the way people are talking about that guy, you damn near would have thought he was Devontae Adams, the way people were talking about him. I was like, this motherfucker comes out of games with 13 catches and like 35 yards. Like, yeah, who cares? He's got like running back numbers. Now, how much of that is Cleveland's offense? How much is that is Baker? How much is that is Jarvis? I don't know. But he's been kind of like that his whole career. So I personally, I'm not going to take him and put him in my one spot. That's for damn sure. Odell, probably a perfect fit for you guys. Like if I'm, could you imagine you guys going back to the old like Greg Jennings days, but with o, somebody with Odell's like skill set, the, the slant game. I mean, that would be nuts. That would be absolutely yeah. nuts. 100%. Now you're taking on a little bit of a head case. No matter how you cut it, Odell's obviously shown that he's a little bit of a head case. And then the other thing is, obviously coming off and off and off an ACL, how much of that skill set comes back, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah. I wouldn't touch Julio. I mean, unless you get that guy on damn near nothing, I wouldn't touch him. Um, to me, I think you guys' best bet is probably drafting somebody and picking up Juju. That'd be me. That's what I said to Owen, too. I said the two guys that I would take a shot at would be Juju or would be Julio. I would take a shot at Julio um, if if it was a, if it was a cheap deal. Like if it was a cheap one-year deal, let's see what we can get out of him, what he's still got left in the tank, I'd do it too. I'd still go draft a receiver. I think they need to yeah. draft somebody with those top four picks regardless, even if they pick somebody up or not. I don't think you guys jump in on the fire sale that is uh, Seattle because I think if DK gets moved, it's going to be for a one, and I wouldn't trade a one for DK personally. Um, yeah, Packers are going to do I, that. No, I don't think many teams will do that. Lockett, I think they're going to try to get more than – I mean, they'll probably try to get a one, but, I mean, realistically, that guy's probably worth a two or a three at best. Um, and it makes you wonder, because I've seen – Seattle's big thing right now is they are after I'm blanking right now. Baker's possibly Colts. Deshaun is basically the NFC South. And then uh God, the Seahawks were interested in somebody, but I can't remember who it is. So I I, I would even if you're gonna go draft a young quarterback, why would you get rid of your weapons? Lockett's not old, DK's young. I just that doesn't make any sense. So I, everybody's been talking about that, but I just don't see that happening. I think they're just kind of cutting off all their old generation guys, which I mean, the next one should realistically be Pete Carroll. <laughs> you know what I mean? That should be the yeah. next guy to go. But uh, no, I, to kind of go back to your question, Seth, you guys could do a lot of different things at receiver. And here's the deal. You've got one of the two, three best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's going to make quick work out of one of these young guys. And they're going to quickly jump up and be a top 50 receiver in the NFL. Um, it's just going to be, who do you want to do it with? You know, and, and the next thing is even after free agency, after the draft, someone's going to fall out of the woodwork out there for receivers. I yeah. mean, somebody will get caught. Somebody will be disgruntled. Somebody's got to go, you know, and it'll be, I mean, shoot, you can just think of guys right off the top of your head, you know, that, that will probably want to move. Gallup is probably still going to, did Gallup get signed now that I think about it? Yeah. Back to Dallas, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. I mean, it'll be kind of back to the before Devontae Adams or like the early Devontae Adams days, you know? Right. So I that's, that's where I don't know. Like they, and even before this trade happened, it, it was reports that um, they were looking for a veteran receiver in the trade market. Um, so I don't, and, you know, I, I just don't know what's available. Uh, 
in the same eyes as the Packers front office. So I just, I will, we'll zero in on a first round receiver and then it's, it's Lazard and Cobb and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> Woo. So, I mean, they're just going to have to pick up, they're just going to have to find receivers to fill like all the roles of the offense instead of being able to have a guy like Devontae who do does every single, it'll come down. It's, well, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the, the genius and the brain on Rodgers in the floor to, uh, to make that offense tick in different ways. Now, All right, let's throw Let this on to. I want to ask you one okay. thing real quick before we yep. move on. What's more dangerous, an offense that's got a sure shit number one guy and then a whole bunch of du- dudes trying to produce like a two or an offense loaded with a bunch of twos and no true number one? With a well, why don't you ask like the Rams Rogers, that question? With a quarterback like Rodgers, I would say the, the latter. I would say you guys are going to be more dangerous with a whole bunch of guys. Now, the thing is, obviously, we know all know how Rodgers is. He's going to have to build that trust with all of those guys real yep. fast. Yep. That's that was my problem too, and this is what I floated to Seth was: is an MVS who is probably going to have to get overpaid for what he is, but he's familiar with Rodgers. Is he going to be a better option than a than a Julio that's going to give you fifteen games? But you fifteen. They don't know. I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm just throwing it out there. If he does give you 15 games, but you just don't know what the, you know, is he, they're not going to be totally on. Like they tried wait, this. One- wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He should have some familiarity with LaFleur, shouldn't he? A little bit. Time yes. in Atlanta. LaFleur was quarterback's coach, but yes, they did work. They were on the offense at the same time for a year. So you know there there's a small connection there, right? That if 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 he signed with the Packers, that connection will be made, but it is not a significant one. So no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I would do Julio if it was a cheap one year, you know, deal. Whatever he would get paid, I don't think anybody's going to pay Julio much these days. Um, you know, take a shot. It's kind of like J.J. Watt last year, except, you know, he was a big name. Didn't really do much for the Cardinals because he's hurt all the time now. Um, feels like that's how Julio is. But, you know, give a shot. I won your deal. All right, let's – You know, one last thing, Seth. Okay. One last thing. I just want to float out a possible trade bait guy. So, speaking of fire sales and everybody kind of looking at what happened in Houston last year and thinking of it as just wash Brandon Cooks. I thought about him, but taking a young, speedy guy in the draft is is Cooks better than that? If you get him on the cheap, yeah. I mean, Cooks has literally put a thousand up. He's put a thousand yards up for what four different teams now, four different quarterbacks. I mean, he produces absolutely wherever he goes. He does produce. I, I would like it. I just wanted to point out that I, I just happened to have NFL Network on, and they had uh, the the news came down when David Carr and James Jones were sitting at the table yes. <laughs> together. <laughs> and it was just an incredible, an incredible picture of David Carr just being, you know, measured. And like, this, is, this is why it happened. And James Jones is just sitting here like with his head down. <laughs> like dying. He's, that dying, man. <laughs> he is. He totally is. So yeah, he's still doing it. He's about to cry. 
No, I just me too, James. <laughs> yeah. No, I would take I, Cooks on a, a on. You get him for a fourth round pick, fifth round pick. Why not? I'd do it. Yeah. I I don't think I think he'd be a a little higher. I think he'd. You be, think so? I think so. I wouldn't give more. Than he's that. not old. He's not. He's he's younger than Devontae. He is. He is a little bit younger than Devontae, but I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't give up a third form. Absolutely wouldn't give up a third form. By no means. All right, let's jump to let's jump to the other side. We've talked about the Packers side a whole lot. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Let's jump to the other side, which kind of ties me into my next question now. Jeremy threw it out there at the very beginning. So what does this mean for the Raiders? And a stacked AFC West that gets better by the day because they constantly are making moves. The Broncos, the Chargers, the Raiders. They signed Chandler Jones earlier today. And people are probably going to forget that even happened now. But that's a significant boost for their defense. And they bring in Rock Yassin, who they traded Yannick Ngakwe for, because Chalen Jones is going to you know, replace Ngakwe. So they bring in Rock Yassin as an outside guy. Where does this put the Raiders in a very stacked AFC West? Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs. Can't forget mentioned. about the Chiefs. Can't forget about the Chiefs, even though they've been relatively quiet. I feel like Patrick Mahomes has to stay at the top of the division until further notice, um, no matter what moves are made, really. Um, and Russell Wilson, it just there's just obviously that was a way better situation for the Broncos to be in than what they were, but it's still like question marks. You can't just lock them into a playoff spot yet. It's it's the yeah, I mean, I mentioned it to you too. Like, the Chargers are the worst team in a division in the NFL right now. The Chargers. You think the Chargers are the worst? Yeah. Let's go there. Really? Let, let's 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 go there. We're... Not by a long shot, but feel free. How many playoff teams are we getting out of this division next year? Three. Got to be three. three. Gotta so be three. Who, there's no way you cut this without being three, I think. Who's the odd man out, Jim? I don't think it's the Chargers. Is it the I Raiders still? Honestly, if I'm being totally honest, I would bet on it being Raiders or Denver at this point. Well, you gotta pick one. Because <laughs> I would I would in that's the same vein, I would I'm say it's either the, I'd go with the worst quarterback and I'd say Derek Carr. Oof. Now, here's the deal. In this division, you've got, I mean, all four of these quarterbacks, in my opinion, are top 10, 12 quarterbacks. Yep, They're absolutely. The and you know, you, three of them are probably top five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pat Mahomes is for sure top one, two, you know, one, two, three with Brady being back. Top two, you know, not two. Can we still say that, Owen? Top yeah. two, not two. Um you got Russ. Russ is top five. I mean, even after last year, I'm still giving Russ top five. And the thing about with uh, Herbert, I mean, with Herbie, if Herbie keeps ascending, he's top five too. Like, no doubt about it, in my opinion. Now, Derek Carr is the guy that's top 10, top 15. You know what I mean? Probably the 12 range. That's but what I was thinking too, 10 to 12. This is what I'll say. That Chargers defense is going to be fucking nuts next year. J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, I mean – and they already have Derwin. I mean, they got guys on that defense, and they got the draft yet to come. Mike Williams back, 
Chase Daniels is one of these guys out there making a ton of money. I'm just sorry. I'm looking at his name. I mean, they add a like a true power running back. And if they add maybe another, yeah, they add another <laughs> tight end or something like that. So you're a, saying they need to draft, they need to draft an AJ Dillon type. And then they need, uh, well, they have Asante Samuel, uh, who is yep. already a good corner. They just need a probably a linebacker, and uh, they're pretty set. There's one out there too. There is one out there. There's Bobby Wagner, man. If you don't end up in Denver, honestly, uh, or the Rams, I think the Rams were the one I was seeing. But sounded like Russ was trying to recruit him pretty heavy to Denver. Makes yeah, sense. Fair. Makes sense. God damn, like the Bobby Wagner stat. goes to any AFC West team, just to send them all over to the West. Literally every big name guy out there just about feels like it. And here's the deal. I mean, it's it's pretty clear here that they're all onto each other's games. I mean, I remember back when the NFC East was the beast of the East. One person would draft in the first round a pass rusher. The next person would draft a tackle. You know what I mean? A left tackle, right tackle, just to play, you know, right to the fiddle. But it's like, I mean, Denver goes and gets Ross. Boom. You see Vegas go get a pass rusher and re-sign a pass rusher. You see Chargers go get a pass rusher and a corner. And then all of a sudden, Vegas goes, fuck it. Let's go improve our offense. Let's go get Devontae Adams. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus. You know, the one thing I'll say is watching the Raiders last year, I'm not going to act like I came away super impressed with anything going out with the Raiders. Now you get a big Darren Waller year and that can screw this whole thing up for everybody else. You know, I think the Raiders, well, the, what the Raiders have going on for them is they're super likable, easy to root for team with everything that's happened. And then now you just add actual star power. I think they're in a good situation. Like compare this to Minnesota, right? Minnesota also probably has like a 10 to 12 to 15 uh, quarterback, right? Year to year, same as Derek Carr. Do you feel better about Derek Carr's situation with the Raiders or Kirk Cousins' situation with the Vikings? Uh, seeing how Jeremy stepped out of the room, I'll answer that question for you, Owen. Um, absolutely Derek Carr. 100 times over. Absolutely. Uh, not even a question. I mean, the only thing that you can question is probably um, Justin Jefferson. Other than that, there's nothing else. And now you match that with Devontae Adams. So it's like that's that's a wash, if yes. not a, more of a win for the Raiders. Yes. So, um, but they're not paying Derek Carr what Minnesota's paying Kirk. No. Um, so Justin get, Jefferson what, is not yet making Devontae Adams money, but he will soon. Which allow, but that allows the Raiders to sign Devontae, to re-sign to Max Crosby, to make a huge splash and sign Chandler Jones, who is a top pass rusher in the NFL. A lot more, very. I think he's still underrated. He's a top five pass rusher, but still people forget about him. Yes. Um, so the Raiders are in a really good situation on that end. The Chargers are, at least for the next year or two, before they have to sign Herbert, a gigantic contract, um, which, the, again, the Raiders aren't going to have to do for Carr. You know what I mean? So um, they're in similar situations. They're going to have more talent around them naturally. Just, that's why I think the Raiders have a situation to envy. And uh, the Chargers, 
the Raiders beat the Chargers. You know, I don't know what else to like. I just have that head to head in my mind. It's just like, okay, well, the Raiders just have improved it right there. Like, obviously, we think the Chargers have the better talent at the time. Raiders beat them. Raiders got better. Chargers obviously got better, but I just still think in my mind, the Raiders are going to have uh, a head up on the Chargers this year. And uh, which throws the Raiders and the or Raiders or the Broncos as the, the bottom feeder. But, you know, Seth, Jeremy, um, we could be looking at four teams that go 14 and three in the regular season. What do you think about that? That's extreme. Um, the, one thing I wanted to in, the one thing I just wanted to chime in about your, your Raiders chargers spiel there is I think from paying way too much attention to her, because I just like that guy in the chargers. Yes. Um, they're a team to me that doesn't know how to win yet. That's my opinion on that. I can, um, I can get along with that. Young coach, young quarterback. They just don't truly know how to win yet. Maybe now, next year's the year. Next year could be the year. I mean, hey, if the Chargers run it right to the Super Bowl next year, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm going to be like, well, that's the way it's been trending, right? Um, the thing about the Raiders is, hey, we'll see with the coach. I mean, it could be a flop. Who knows? Could be the next big thing. You never know. It could be New England West. But the one thing I'll say about Derek Carr is he's never really shown that he knows how to win. You know what I, know? You know what I mean? He's you. Owen, you said Kirk Cousins, you know. There's some real similarities there. You know, they're – the similar level, it's kind of like, you know, Andy Dalton used to always be like the perfect middle ground for a quarterback back when he was in the Bengals. Derek Carr kind of falls into that mold. But the thing about Derek Carr is he does everything above average. You know what I mean? He's above average Over, athletic. Overachiever. Yeah, he's above average uh, athletically. He's above average arm strength. He's above average athletic uh, accuracy. He's above, above average locker room guy. He's an above, above average. I mean, literally everything, right? Now – I don't know. I, I would bet Chargers myself. That's just me. Okay. So does that leave the Chiefs at the top for both of you still? I would have to leave the Chiefs at the top until I'm proven wrong. As disappointing as, you know, they kind of were last year, I think that, yeah, I think I agree. Okay. All right. I think we've talked about that enough. It'll be – I'm. Ex- who knows what will happen in the AFC West next week. By the time we come on, I mean, who knows? Deshaun Watson might be on the Raiders. Who knows? Who knows? Wouldn't that, I mean, kind of blow up the whole Devontae Adams thing? Yeah, you're probably right about that. But I'd take Watson over Carr. Hey, that's a different topic. All right, let's jump on. Hey, you know what? Let's jump into the whole Watson saga because it continues. Now, a lot of talk this week um, about that. Um, you know, he was, whatever happened last Friday, I don't even want to get into the, the legal ramifications. I don't think Adam Schefter wants to either. Um, um, so I'll stay out of that, but he's, he's still, he can still play as far as I know. Um, so a lot of teams are looking at him, Uh, a lot of teams at the beginning, um, you know, we had the Browns in there, Seahawks potentially. Colts initially, Saints, Falcons, Panthers, the whole NFC South other than other than the Bucks. Um, looks like we got surgery happening over there. Um, so so yeah, so but now it's down to the Falcons and the Saints reportedly as of Thursday, St. Patrick's Day. 
where where do we think that where where does this end does this end tomorrow does this end next week i mean he had a second meeting with the saints yesterday wednesday obviously you know atlanta's hometown for him so a big draw there where does where do we think he ultimately maybe ends up and what went oh i'll let you go first i think the um the saints are kind of proving themselves to be the front runner um I think I think you agreed with that fact. I they are the only ones to have the second the ever so coveted second visit. Uh, the Falcons definitely do remain in play. It's just weird they're in that weird situation with what what do we do with Matt Ryan? Um, you had asked in that case if they are set on getting Deshaun Watson were they thinking about getting rid of Matt Ryan regardless? And maybe that's true. I just think if that were the case, they would, they would have been actively pursuing deals or if not had, had one done by now. Cause I think the Colts are sitting there thinking to themselves that they have to get Jimmy G or Matt Ryan, like Matt Ryan to me just feels like a Colt. Like that just feels like the exact situation that he's, that he belongs in. Um, so that's why, and then, you know, obviously Deshaun's hometown is Atlanta. That's why he wants to go there. Um, I think he'd probably be happy with either situation. So give me, the Saints are in a weird spot. Does, Saint, does Sean Payton just immediately immediately go like, well, never mind. I feel better now. I'm coming back. <laughs> we got, he got we the itch. Got a stud quarterback for years to come now. Um, yeah, you know, which fan base would be more accepting of the guy? Because you know that's going to make waves wherever he goes. I, you know, probably Atlanta just for the hometown part of it. But, uh, you know, I see a lot of people point to New Orleans as the best situation. Um, it's down to those two. So I, I'd say Atlanta. Like, I think it's likely that he goes to the Saints. I'd say he'd be better at Atlanta, in my opinion, just based off of the Kyle Pitts factor and uh, what they'll get from Ryan and um, building up the team some more. Yeah. Jeremy, you got room to answer that question yet? Got all the room, Seth. Um, I think so. How you said that, Owen, how it's kind of the two teams – they definitely seem to be the two favorites at this point, right? Now, I know we kind of talked about it pre-pod with the Browns. They seem to be out on the Watson thing. There has been some rumblings that my Eagles are still like a dark horse team in this possibly. Um, who knows? You know, now Deshaun does have the, the no trade clause, so he can he can pick where he wants to go, right? That's why they're kind of suiting him like yeah, this. Yeah, pretty much, yep. And I'm surprised he doesn't want – I'm surprised the Eagles aren't one of the front runners just based off of the division he'd be playing in. Oh, and everything you – so everything you said, though, like if you're a quarterback, a young quarterback, you've got – a, I mean, a fairly proven coach. He went to the you know, playoffs in his first year. He ran good offenses in every team he's been at before that. You know, he's got Hurts, who you – if you're Watson, you believe you're better than. You know, Hertz just did it with, with them. You've got Devonta there as the receiver. You've got a, a really good running game. You've got 
one of the best offensive lines in the league, right? I mean, there's there's no way to really sugarcoat it other than their Eagles are top probably off, three offensive lines, right? You got three first-round draft picks. You got all the draft capital to go out and get this guy. You would assume in a situation like this you would flip Hurts back, which would be something that the Texans would, would like. The funny thing about the South is if you're the Texans, what are you getting back other than draft capital? You don't want Matt Ryan. What the hell is he going to do for you, you know? Now, if it is Atlanta, you got to assume there's some sort of three-team trade that maybe sends Matt Ryan to the Colts or maybe just a, a trade immediately afterwards. Who knows? That's what I would but, think. Um, yeah. Um, him and Kyle Pitts obviously would make a hell of a tandem. Calvin Ridley, when he comes back from his year suspension, would be big too. You go draft a running back or something like that, you, you've really got something there. Obviously, like you said, the hometown being Atlanta, um, you would think they'd be more welcoming even with his stuff. The reason Philly is constantly brought up is because, like, hey, look what we did with Mike Vick after his whole situation. Now, Mike Vick's situation is very different. Obviously, it wasn't human stuff. It was animal rights stuff. But he served his time, blah, 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 blah. Deshaun seems like he just kind of sat out and kind of, I wouldn't say got away with it, but it's still a funny a funny look. Uh, Panthers still seem to be in it. And New Orleans, but the funny thing about New Orleans is, oh, and just like you just said, you know, Sean just leaves who's your coach there? You know what I mean? Like, it seems to me the way this keeps on shaking out is Watson doesn't really give much of shit about the football stuff or the roster stuff or the fan base stuff. It's simply, he just wants to end up in the South. You know what I mean? That seems to kind of be what's going on. That's why Miami was constantly still parts of it. I would Tampa, say Tampa in the wake of Brady too. Oh yeah. I mean, Tampa was, I mean, they were never really even mentioned, you know, but I guess they were initially, and then uh, Brady came back and obviously put that to bed. And it had like no steam. Like to be completely honest, it had no steam. I I guess to me, I thought the Panthers were like ideal. That was my opinion. Now the Panthers got kind of a question mark at head coach, so that's probably out. But I mean, to me, Watson doesn't seem to care about those type of things, but. I don't know. I guess if I was a betting man, Atlanta's kind of been the team that's really picked up the hype recently. I would probably assume Atlanta. Now, I was listening on the Eagles podcast recently, and they were talking about the real is 56 minutes ago, the Panthers are out on the Watson sweepstakes. Okay. That's posted by the Panthers. So there you go. Um, <laughs> this is what I would say. If it was to be a real thing of him possibly coming to Philadelphia, um, how do I feel about like that guy being on the roster? If you take all the off the field stuff off, it's like, hey, who's going to turn down a top 10 quarterback? You know, a guy that just is two years removed from throwing for 5,000 yards, you know? Now, I'm fairly confident in it hurts, but it's a similar thing as like the Browns coming to the realization, you know. Yeah, Baker is going to get you to the playoffs, but he's never really going to win you a Super Bowl. You know, that seems to possibly be what's coming with Hurts. I don't know. I mean, he could take a huge jump and, you know, his realistic year two. But um, I like I said, I would assume he ends up in Atlanta. Him and Kyle Pitts would make a hell of a duo. But I guess I don't know. It's just it's what kind of gets moved around to bring this guy in. New Orleans has got that wide open spot. Then what comes to Jameis? Um, but I guess my over my overwhelming thought with this is nothing seems to matter 
as far as the football operational anything to Deshaun. He just wants to end up in this section of the country. That's it. Which kind of blows my mind. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I, I'm in the belief that it's going to be the Saints. I think it comes down to that. I think a second meeting obviously shows a lot of interest between both sides. Um, and I think this, I think this decision comes before the weekend or even by the weekend, I think, um, not by the weekend. They, they, they probably won't make that announcement, but I'm saying by Saturday or Sunday. So that's my dad joke for tonight. Um, yeah, good one. Um, I just wanted to note that saints, uh, did make a ton of restructuring. They did. Yes. Uh, maneuvers just in the past day or two, um, to create cap space for him. And they didn't need to, like, they weren't trying to get under like the cap penalty. They just cleared 29.9 million out of restructures just like that, just to absorb it. So, I mean, both teams have made moves expecting that this was going to happen for them. So yeah, I'd have to imagine I, yes, this will happen the next day or two. Which will be, uh, which will be good for next week. So, um, well, Jeremy comes back once again. Uh, let's jump. Let's jump into Baker, eh? Uh, you know, we kind of thrown out the Browns a little bit. Um, this Baker situation is funny. So they made the talks about a possible Watson move. Um, how they, you know, they want an adult in the quarterback room, and Baker's not an adult. Which, you know, it's been a drawback on Baker really his whole career. He's been childish and mature, things like that, blah, 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 since he came out of college. Um, te- Texas A&M, where, where did he go to school? Oklahoma? Where at again? I forgot. Texas A&M? Oklahoma. Oklahoma, okay. Um, so, it, obviously, he hasn't developed into what they thought he was going to be. Uh, I mean, I, I was low on him all of last year. I was in t- entire season. I think Owen was the only one on Baker's side. I said, he's the reason why the Browns are not as good as they should be is because of Baker. Uh, and it, it pretty much w- was the truth and all. He had all those injuries and blah, blah, blah. But he just really hasn't developed into the guy they thought he was going to be flat out. That's just the flat out truth in that, which is why they're looking to make an upgrade, which you would you would expect. But now they're out on Watson, and they're like, oh, come back, Baker. Come on back. Uh, we're ready for you. You can be the guy next year. And then Baker's like, nah, we're done. I'm pulling a Devontae. Too Get far me down. out of here. Uh, he requests a trade reportedly today, um, and the Browns said, no, we're not going to trade you. You're our guy for now. I don't believe – I don't our... even know how to decipher this. It's a well. It's a it's 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 tragic. It's a. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a nightmare scenario for Browns fans for sure. Uh, based off of just a year ago, we were talking about them as like the clear favorite in the AFC North, and then the year actually happens, and then now this offseason happens. Um, I, I at this point, yes, I absolutely think. They would be they would do better to part ways, even though I am still a believer in a sense of Baker Mayfield, at least in the sense that he is better than what he played last year, like by far. And here's what what was weird to me is that this morning it came out that the Browns, uh, I think Chris Morton said reported the Browns are looking for a more mature quarterback. And I heard that and I'm like, are you? 
was that like tactical? Did you know what you were saying right there? If that's true, like you had a dude who played through his injury all last year, no matter the, what happened, like he, he played through that. Like he was, he was trying, like if, like, I'm sure maybe he has maturity issues or whatever, but like, you're just making a mockery of the whole situation now, if that's what you're doing. And then you, double down on that you were going after a guy like Deshaun Watson with all the shit that he has attached to him right now but you want a more mature quarterback like it made my head spin so I think for me uh this was a clear f up from the Cleveland front office situation and uh it seems like they're gonna pay for it on the quarterback end and waste kind of their top level roster talent years because who knows how long uh this lasts with uh the rest of what they got going on so the 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 question kind of comes down to it which is which is what i want to know it's what the people want to know okay does baker play another down for the browns again seth um owen you are completely right the Browns are going to Browns. They put their foot straight in their ass. And I mean, to everything <laughs> you just said, to everything you just said, hey, we want a more, you know, mature. I don't remember if it was mature or if it was more emotionally sound, however they referenced it. But basically, it was kind of a shot at Baker's character or the type of guy he is. And then it was like, let's follow this up with a fucking sexual predator. Like, holy <laughs> shit. What, what are you guys talking about? You know what I mean? Like, now here's the deal. It came out that it was all the charges were dropped, blah, 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 blah. But literally the worst that came of Baker was him grabbing his nuts on the sideline and planting the flag in the middle of Ohio State. Like, right? Other than that, the dude's out there own, like you just said, putting his health on the line, you know, with the bum shoulder, blah, 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 blah. And hey, he's he's the only quarterback to take you into the playoffs since Nam, basically. Like, <laughs> hey, you sucked forever. You get a guy that takes you to the playoffs. Yeah, but fuck this guy, right? Like, he's just not mature enough. Some franchises legit cannot get out of their own goddamn way, and that's Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like, it's Cleveland. Like, holy shit. You know, Stefanski seems like a good coach, but it's like, at the end of the day, Cleveland going to Cleveland. It's just – it is what it is. I hope, for Baker's sake, he ends up in Indy. I would love – I would just love to see that. There's actually – so, I don't know why, but the Eagles, anytime – Literally, LeBron James could be a free agent. For some odd reason, the Philadelphia Eagles would be fucking tied to it. Our next tight end. I don't know. Like, that's just how stupid the Eagles Twitter is. Right, right. Baker has this whole disgruntled thing. He posts a comment on Instagram, you know, thanking the fans of Cleveland. No one even knows what's coming of it. Immediately, is Baker coming to Philly? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, holy shit, dude. Like, what are you talking about? You know, that's, that has not been even a thought process at all. Now... I was going to text you guys this yesterday, but I did. It was after I seen the whole Baker Mayfield stuff go down. And then this morning he asked for a trade shortly after that Cleveland says they're not going to, you know, they're not going to help him with a trade. They're denying it, blah, blah, blah. And uh, in my head, I'm just sitting there thinking, would I accept Baker Mayfield in Philadelphia? And honestly, hundred percent. Yes. All day long. He now, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with hurts. So I don't, I wouldn't go out of my way to make it happen, but if it did happen, I would be cool with it. But um, Baker, I think, is the guy that in the right situation, like 
I think Indy would be one of those right situations. Hey, this guy could, he could win a Super Bowl, in my opinion, you know, with the right team, with the right surrounding cast. Um, now, the thing about it is, is Indianapolis that much different of a, a roster and setup than Cleveland? I mean, you got a good running game in both spots. You don't really have like a true one threat at receiver. You got, you got decent tight ends. You got great offensive lines. You've got, you know, defenses that have got a lot of talent, but I mean, aren't like blowing the games up, but they're, they're good defenses. So is there really any change there? Are you going to get better Baker? Or are you going to get the same Baker? You're probably going to get the same Bakers two years ago, whether it's Indy or not. But um, I guess the, my, my whole thought process is, is like the, the Sean Watson situation, kind of tie it back to that, is really is making this whole thing kind of hilarious because, yes. oh, and like you, you said with the whole let's let's get rid of the quote unquote immature guy for, you know, like I said, the predator. Um, it's just. It's it's so funny. The whole thing is so goddamn funny. Like you've got a good quarterback here set. Now, obviously, when you're in the NFL, you gotta realize there's one Tom Brady, there's one Aaron Rodgers, there was one Joe Montana, there's one Dan Marino. You know, you don't these guys don't come around often. Like it's it's rare you have, you know, a, a situation where you got a Farb, a Manning, and a, a Tom Brady all in the NFL at the same time, you know, dueling it out. Baker's obviously not on that level, but you can you can win with that guy, right? So why blow it up and cause quarterback drama at your franchise over Deshaun Watson when you're probably got no shot at him just to stir it up? So Cleveland could go into this, you know, next year knowing who their quarterback is into now they've got to pan, they've got to pass off their guy because they pissed him off. You know what I mean? So Seth, to answer your question after my whole spiel, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I think Baker's probably a Brown next year to start the year. Um, but I don't think this is done. I don't think this is done at all. I I would agree. Uh, I'd agree that he'll probably be a Brown next year. Um, I think if he's going to look for any way out, if possible, um, I, I think, yeah, I think um, Indy would be a good spot for him. I think he could be a guy that could, could help. Um, I don't see any other spots that would benefit him really though. Seattle of the spots that are open. Um, Atlanta. No, it would probably be Indy or Indy or Cleveland is probably where I'd go with that, but it'll, uh, it'll keep it interesting. Uh, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, next week when we come back, uh, any updates on that end. So, um, before we're done now, let's jump into this last piece. Um, a traditional top five A and B, of course. We can't forget about it just because it's the off season. So I will do it tonight. This week is do it doesn't have to be five. If you got three or four or whatever, uh, kind of our favorite moves so far this off season. You know, this week there was a lot of them. So, you know, we don't necessarily have to jump into every single one of those deals that's happened. Um, you know, I might throw out a couple in case we don't talk about them in this. But, you know, some of our favorite moves that have happened so far this year are this offseason trades, signings, things like that. Um, Owen, uh, how would you would you kind of would you be so kind to start off or or, you know, I've got a couple down. 
Um, I had to make some adjustments after, uh, right before we started, because, you know, some adjustments had to be made there. Yeah. Sadly enough. Um, otherwise, I, you know, I, I've got some good moves here, I feel like. I feel you think like. So? You think so? Okay. Now, are well, you maybe. going off, to you, are you going off of, like, biggest impact that a team made for themselves? Or are you thinking, like, biggest um, things to happen Biggest headline. All right. I'll rephrase that. Your favorite moves. Like, so you could take it as the biggest impact, the the teams that made the best signings, like your favorite moves, favorite connections, favorite player to team. Okay. Maybe Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest impact. It could be like, you know, I didn't expect that guy to go there, but yeah, that's a good fit. It could, he could help them out. So I don't know how exactly I'm going to rank these. So I'm just going to, I think I'm going to spit them out a little bit and maybe I'll kind of order them at the end. That's fine too. That's fine. Uh, So let's start it off. I'm going to start it off with probably the biggest uh, actual move to happen of the off season. And that would be post Aaron Rodgers returning to green Bay, Russell Wilson to the Broncos, right? When that happened, we thought, like, how does it get any crazier than this? Like, there's nothing in the NFL that can happen as big as this, right? And that was just a week ago, (laughs) right? Um, And it was one of those things that really started the whole free agent frenzy. Was that was the biggest piece to fall. Um, So I'll start with that. Timeline-wise, Russell Wilson to the Broncos, because what that did is it made every person calling home in the AFC West shrink up a little bit and be like, "We, we, we have to, we have to make a move. We have to make a move, right?" And then, boom, Chargers, Cleo Mack, boom, right, right away. Raiders re-sign Max Crosby right away. Separate those. I'd say the Pass next rushers big, galore. The next big one for me would have been the Chargers moves in Khalil Mack and JC Jackson. Absolute stars, right? Now Khalil Mack maybe a little bit older and maybe not at the same level as he was. Still a worthy move. JC Jackson absolutely made his name as a number one corner um, in the past year at least. Um, so definitely put them up there. Uh, right after that, we're talking Raiders. Now you can kind of pony in the Devontae Adams trade in on this. I think that's probably just going to have to end up being the number one move that was made, but, uh, re-signing Crosby swapping pass rusher out for a cornerback just so they can re-sign Chandler Jones and then adding Devontae Adams, like the Raiders also, fell victim to like, we have to make moves now type of mentality after Russell Wilson. So those are the big ones. The AFC West was where all the big splashes happened. Um, And we're doing this before the the potential Deshaun Watson deal happens, which would obviously be on the list. But um, just to give some love in other areas of the world right now, of the NFL. Um, Let's give a little bit of love. And I'm probably, if I were to rank them, this would probably be my 
bottom of the list, but still a little love to the Steelers coming up to good old Mitchie Trubisky. Okay. It's something. It could it could be a lot worse. You could do a lot worse for a seven million dollar quarterback than Mitchie Trubisky. That's um, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, he, he played good. I mean, very limited action in Buffalo, but he, you know, he looked better than yes. Chicago. And obviously he's in a better situation in, in Pittsburgh than he is in Chicago. So you uh you hope old Trubisky will uh at least maybe improve. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It's it's certainly something. Um so props it's to the better Steelers. than Rudolph, that's for sure. Props to the Steelers for giving it a try. They were immediately out on the Deshaun Watson train. I think it was brought up in meetings and everyone immediately said no. <laughs> Um, kind of the reports out of there. So that definitely deserves a little bit of love. Um, you know, still thinking like I'm stuck on some moves that have yet to be made thinking about, uh, Jimmy G and Matt Ryan and Sean Watson, obviously. Um, other than that, you know, nothing sticks out to me as much, but it is also very fun as long as Jeremy is present to hear it, it is very fun to talk about what happened to Carson Wentz this offseason. Coming back into the division, <laughs> he is getting absolutely clowned right now for the jacket choice. Uh, Dude shows up in literally Washington Tommy's colors. Like, dude, yeah. you know, here's He's all hey, in. Hey, hey. I gotta, I gotta take this a whole other direction for two seconds, real quick. What's even funnier to bury Carson some more? He gets traded on the heels of the storyline coming out. The year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he was in the injury the, in the facility with the injured guys, bitching about the team being successful without him in the field. What a fucking joke! This guy is an absolute. I mean, here's the deal. Carson Wentz's career looks completely different if he does not get hurt that year, right? He wins the MVP. We probably still win the Super Bowl, so on and so forth. Here's the deal. He still would have had a fall for grace because the guy never progressed as a passer and the ability to read the defense. He can't read a defense. He relied on his legs and the ability to escape the pocket and make throws and you know plays that lots of guys can't make, but he never progressed with accuracy. He never progressed with footwork. And he never progressed with reading the defense. Okay. That is why he is no longer in Indy. That is why he's in Washington. And hey, he'll probably be in Washington for a year. So we're going to get two shitty games to him against the Eagles. I will be fucking happy to watch Jalen Hurts outperform him. And all will be well in the NFC East. Really but, quick question. Oh, you had a butt. Go ahead. No, hit me. Hit me. Uh, Kirk Cousins or Carson Wentz? Kirk. Um, Kirk coupons for sure. Um, wow. This is. This is Kirk. Hey, here's the deal. Kirk is an accurate thrower. Kirk can read the defense. Kirk is not very, I mean, mobile, but Kirk has literally always been this level of Kirk, right? Okay. You're getting the only time Kirk doesn't show up is if the lights are on and it's, you know, uh, you know, Monday or, you know, Sunday night. That's when the dude doesn't show up. He doesn't show up when it matters. But guess what? 
Carson Wentz, you don't know what you're getting. He might blow up your playoff shots, you know, for the Colts against the Jaguars who fucking suck. He might, you know, be in the injury facility and be bitching about not being on the field while the team is making a Super Bowl run and then have all five, six of Darren Sproles get in his face about it and have to be separated. That is the storyline that came out literally the day he gets traded to Washington. It's like, man. man, Uh, Seth, I I know I made a mockery of the top five situation already. I did, a little bit. Yeah, You um, brought out the Carson Wentz and Jeremy. Hey, hey, I want to take this back one big step real quick, and then I'm done. I am glad Carson Wentz does not play for the Eagles anymore. I am glad he's going to go to Washington and be a dried up, smelly dog turd, okay? You know those white, crusty ones that are just like gross and stuff? A crowded piece of crap. Thank you. That's Carson Wentz. But, you know, at the end of the day, I wish him well as a person, right? You know, I just don't want him to do good in football. Ben Simmons? (laughs) I fucking hate that guy. Ben Simmons? I'll tell you what. If that dude falls down his fucking steps tonight, good. That dude's a piece of shit, okay? Carson? Now, here's the deal. Carson's problem is he was just selfish. Ben Simmons' problem? is he's a piece of shit. But anyways, we can move on now. <laughs> All right. Seth, Seth, do you have a quick answer to Carson or Kirk? Um, I'd take Kirk, but not by much. Okay. Not I'm, by much. At this point in Carson Wentz's career, yeah, I mean, that last game – honestly, he had a pretty solid year last year, but that last game against the Jags, okay. that stings a lot. Now, That's the reason why the he's only- not with the Colts anymore is because of that one game. One game. And the, Seth, the only reason that anybody says that they would, you know, uh, Carson is because 2017 Carson. You take out that one year, the dude is worse than Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, real quick. We're running low on time because we had to talk I about a, Carson Wentz for 20 minutes. Out of me? Do you want a full 10 out of me? I want five. Here, oh, if that. Oh, Owen, 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 finish up your rankings there. Wilson, Wilson, Wilson trade number one. Give me Adams trade number two. Three, I'm going to go to the Chargers adding Mack and Jackson. Four, I'm even going to go back to the Raiders and do the re-signing of Crosby, swapping Ngakwe for Yasin and signing Chandler Jones. Then after that, it's, it's probably Von Miller and Trubisky for me. Okay. Jeremy, top five, real quick, top five moves so, so far this year. Mine are extremely biased at the top. Okay, so we'll start at five. <laughs> perfect. Um, perfect. Seth, I know you'll like it. Number five, I'm actually going to come in with Devontae Adams because at the end of the day, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't go – the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl because of Devontae Adams. I would go, yeah, they'll probably finish second in the West at best. They might be a one and done in the playoffs. Maybe they'll sneak one into the second round of the playoffs. But I don't, I, I, if I'm being honest, I don't think Devontae Adams puts the Raiders over the top. But it's a good move. I mean, the Raiders need it. They need to be, they need firepower in the West. They need to make a big move, big splash on offense. So give it to me. I'm actually going to tie um, the move to get Chandler Jones into that too. Just kind of the Raiders' offense is it's uh, the Raiders' offseason has been a pretty solid one. Max Crosby, Jones, I mean it's it's pretty good. Um, 
Next up, I would go the Jags offseason. Um, now, obviously, Dougie P's down there, so I, a little bit, a little bit of my heart's down there in Jacksonville with Dougie P. You know, he brought the the one Super Bowl to Philadelphia. Thanks to Doug Peterson. No thanks to Carson Wentz, you piece of shit. But anyways, um, no, I think the Jaguars offseason. It's been kind of uh, interesting because, like, you you cut miles, you, know, you cut miles. Like, what what was that? Like, did, did that make sense? I don't know. You know, the first thing I thought of is. When he was drafted, there was the whole thing about his knee, you know, with he's got no cartilage in his one knee from an injury in college. So maybe they're onto something there. But I like them going all in on offense to, like, really help Lawrence and try to, you know, bolster that offense. I think the Jaguars are doing some good things down there. So I, I'll give the Jaguars offense a, a hurrah there. Coming in at – so that's – oh, I got six, actually, technically. So my bad. So that's five. At four, A-B, that's all right. Perfect. At four, I got Mitch Trubisky because I truly think Mitch Trubisky could be a good move for, for Pittsburgh. It's it's Here's the deal. He either comes in and he blows it up and he shows that he's a he's a sure shit quarterback or he ends up being a one and done in Pittsburgh, you know, one or the other. But I think it's ultimately a good move for Trubisky. So give me that at four. Okay. At three. I'm just actually going to call this, and i got to pull it back up. I'm just going to call it the Los Angeles Chargers offseason. Love it. Love it all the way through. So, J.C. Jackson obviously being the latest. Huge. That's huge. You put him on the other side of Santa Samuels Jr., that's big time for that secondary. you got Derwin back there already. Then you bring in Khalil Mack to pair with Bosa. Problem. And here's the deal. Mack's situation, why Mack hasn't been producing in Chicago – is simply because who else did you have to worry about on that defensive line? Nobody. It was just Khalil Mack. You could just double-team him and then just single across the rest of the field. Sign him, uh, Michael Williams back, that's big. I, I think what the Chargers have done, and I trust the Chargers to draft well too, they're going to go out and get a, probably another pass rusher from up the middle. They're going to go out and get a linebacker. They might even go out and get another safety. I trust the Chargers to make the right Mike, Mike moves in the draft, but give me that for three. Seth, you ready for number two? Can't wait. So, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was saddened by uh, Jeez. the All GOAT. Right, what's number one? The GOAT moving on from uh, the NFL. It really hurt me, Seth. You know, I was like, you know, I since I started watching football, um, this guy's, you know, he's he's been he's been out there. You know, he's been one of the, the best quarterbacks to do it since – A1 since day one, as they call it, Seth, as the kids say. And, you know – Recently, I was pleasant. I was pleased to find out that uh, Mr. Tom Brady was not done. He has unfinished business to do, Seth. And reading in on it, he he said that when he watched LeBron James put up fifty something points, you know, at, at thirty eight years old in the NBA, and you know he's the goat, blah blah blah, as he called him, he realized that hey, he has he's unfinished business too. He's got to come back. He's got to win another one, Seth. Tom Brady is my number two. And coming great. in at number Can't one. Can't wait for number one because number two was just so great. Wow. Okay. Hit me. Hit me in the heart strings. Number one is, and here's the deal. Because I'm a biased guy. Okay. I, I'm I'm Philadelphia Eagles. Green. Deep. Seth. Deep. You understand me? So coming in at number one is Hassan Reddick. And Owen, I don't know if you mentioned it. I'm going to turn on my Eagles green real fast. There we go. This is Tom Reddick. That's for St. So, Patty's Day. Uh, I don't give a shit about that. Um, 
But so we signed him to a three-year, $45 million deal. That's $30 million fully guaranteed. That actually is a pretty team-friendly deal for a pass rusher, a lucrative pass rusher, a guy that's in the last two years had 27 and a half sacks. Now here's the deal. Hassan Reddick is, he's kind of just like an edge. He's not a D end. He's not a true outside linebacker. He's just an edge guy, right? You're just going to send him off the side as, you know, dart him off the side. And uh, I think he's a guy that's going to come in and immediately give us like some, just a shot in the ass and some pass rush right away. Um, bringing back Jason Kelsey on a one-year deal. That makes me very happy. That was a good one. I, I'll give you that one. Hey, Kelsey's the GOAT of Philly. I mean, that guy, I mean, as soon as he retires, he should just run for the mayor. He, he sang the national anthem at the Sixers game the other day. Like, I, I can – Jason Kelsey, I can't get enough of that guy. But uh, if I'm being completely honest, the Eagles offseason is kind of what I'm going to put in at number one for two, two big reasons. So, already it just popped up. Apparently, the Eagles are already, like, might be finalizing a deal with Cox to bring him back at a lower rate. Um, so if we get that figured out, that's huge. Uh, Jason Kelsey coming back. We, we still got the three first round draft picks, which is obviously, you know, from earlier, but still ties into the draft. It still ties into the offseason. Hassan Reddick, we're going and getting a, a need immediately. We're bringing back certain guys like Greg Ward, um, Andre, you know, blah, 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 the secondary guy. But it's also, this is one thing I'm going to, I'm going to stay with the Eagles on. It's the things that we haven't done to fuck things up. So classic like Browns. Oh, hey, we're we're in on this, so fuck our quarterback. You know, like we're on this with this coach, so screw our coach. It's you know, when when Chip was around, it was every time you went into the offseason, it's like, oh, who's who's the superstar that's leaving this offseason? Sean McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Nick Foles. Like it was like, holy shit, man. So it's nice to see how we finally be getting into his ways of uh just kind of slinging money around, moving stuff around to bring guys back. So I'm gonna go with the Eagles offseason as my one just simply for doing the right moves and not fucking things up. Now, I want to add two things real fast, because in my opinion, there is two losers so far of the offseason, okay? I actually wanted to flip this guy on you guys and ask you who you think the losers of the offseason, too. I think the two losers of the offseason so far is the Seattle Seahawks and the Chicago Bears. Anytime you lose a top-five quarterback, top-10, Russell, that's a, especially a guy that's still in his prime. And then you get rid of, you know, a 10 year veteran linebacker who's one of your best players ever. And there's really no true direction with Seattle right now. You kind of got a hodgepodge of like Jamal Adams was supposed to put you over the top two years ago. What the fuck is he doing on your roster now? You know what I mean? That's, that's a waste of a draft pick that you don't have now. So are you flipping him for a first. Um, now he's part of the rebuilding team that he left in New York. And then, in Chicago, Chicago's cutting Eddie Goldman, who's like 25 years old. Like, that's a key cog in the defense. Khalil Mack's gone. Uh, it, it, just watching Chicago make moves, I'm just – I'm kind of baffled, to tell you the truth. I don't think they've made a single good move yet this offseason. So, it's like – other than firing their coach. But I think uh, those two teams are significant losers so far through the offseason. Seth, you got it? I'll throw out one loser and then I'll throw out my top five and then, and then we'll, we'll call it a day. Uh, one loser, not, not a big one. Uh, I think one you probably guys, you'll find a surprise on, but to me, it has to be the chiefs so far has to be the chiefs have to be a loser in this AFC West race. 
uh, because of all the moves that we've talked about so far that the Broncos have made, that the Chargers have made, that the Raiders have made. Chiefs really haven't done any of that. Yeah, they're at the top of the mountain because they have been for the last couple of years. Uh, but you got three other teams that are climbing rapidly directly towards you. And the Chiefs are also most likely going to lose one of their best pieces on that defense in the Honey Badger. And that's a huge impact for a defense that already doesn't have a lot of playmakers. They also is lost Darius Ward, too, to the Niners. That's a big is, one, too. Uh, is Justin Reed a lateral move there as a safety? No. Justin Reed as good as Tyron Matthew? No. No. So I mean, he's a talented I, I, safety, absolutely. I mean, he's talented. You know, do you imagine a, a tandem of Reed and Matthew? Now, that would be great. But it sounds it like Tyron Matthew isn't coming back. Yeah, and it might still happen. I, and I don't mean to kind of poo-poo your thing here, but a part of what sounded like got Matthew out the door is how he liked to freelance. And it sounded like that kind of wore out Kansas City. Yeah. So Reed I kind mean, of gets you back that. to Reed gets you back to a guy that's just doing what is part of the defense. So yep. No, I mean I see that, but still Tyron Matthews is one of the best safeties in the league. You lose somebody like that for a defense that already doesn't have a lot of firepower. That's going to be huge. So that would probably be my one loser so far. I mean, to say that they're a loser is, you know, but compared to what everybody else is doing in that division, I would say the Chiefs. Oh, and you got anybody quick? No, you guys named them. Uh, that's a good – I didn't think of the Chiefs necessarily as the loser. Yeah, but you're you're correct. Um, just compared to what they've had last year and just on the basis of Matthew is like if you can't make it work with one of the – best safeties in the league like that's not necessarily his fault you know you know what i mean yeah yep Uh, let me throw out a couple other moves that i liked um i obviously had wilson up there mac and jc to the chargers two other one three other ones i'll throw out there uh von miller to the bills now the contract is a bit skewed but you know like we talked about a little bit it'd be we'd be surprised if he saw the full extent of that contract but if you get two to three years out of Von Miller before he's done, before you maybe move on or whatever, I mean, the Bills needed pass rush desperately. I was a big hole on their defense, has been for a couple of years. Von Miller will bring that. Obviously, he's not the Von Miller that he once was, but he will still add that element. Uh, kind of similar in the whole Khalil Mack um, stage. Uh, another one I had was Amari Cooper to the Browns, I think was a big one. Now I had put this on there before this whole Baker thing. Uh, so that might blow that one up, but I think Amari Cooper gives the Browns a legitimate number one receiver, which they really haven't had the last couple of years because of the issues with OBJ and Jarvis Landry, just not being a legitimate one. Um, so that gives them a legitimate one. So if you are going to get anything out of Baker, Amari Cooper is going to be a big piece of that. And last one, just because they have to spin something for the Packers. Devon J. Campbell coming back to that defense. All pro last year. He's going to be a staple on that defense now in the middle, which is huge because that's what the Packers have lacked for years was a staple in the middle of the defense. Campbell brings that. So that's a big signing. And really, I mean, pretty cat friendly too. A lot of incentives in there. Um, So I was very excited about that one. And then, as we talked earlier too, possibly Razul Douglas 
coming back now as a result of the Adams move. Well, that's I mean, the other ones I had that. And then, then add like an impending Jair massive contract extension as well. Yes, right? absolutely. Yep. All right. Anything else to add to that? You know, Seth, I actually got a couple more to add as I'm just kind of reflipping Beautiful. through this real fast. I'm regretting I'll flip through them real fast. I'll flip through them real, <laughs> flip flip real fast. So Jordan Hicks, I forgot, got signed today in Minnesota. I'm a big Hicks fan, obviously drafted out of Texas to Philly. You like the I, Hicks, I, huh? I, was actually, I was really hoping we'd bring him back, but seeing him end up in Minnesota, I mean, he's he's another Eric Kendricks type. You know, he's very good in pass coverage, sure tackler. He's a guy that kind of converts, creates turnovers. So that's going to be big for Minnesota. I think that's a, a big, a big move for them to be completely honest. Um, also, Jack Mason just recently traded to Tampa. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Almost like a hilarious looking trade. Cause it's like, is Tampa just trying to push Brady over the mountain again? Like, Hey, go win the Super Bowl and get the fuck out of the league. Cause <laughs> Jack Mason is one of the best guards in the NFL. You know what I mean? Now you get him. Ryan Jensen comes back. This Tampa offensive line is very, very good. You know, Shaq Mason kind of fills a role that, I mean, wasn't even a soft spot for them, but I mean, he, he amplifies it even more. Um, Ertz, Zach Ertz is a guy I'll throw out there. Obviously I'm an Ertz fan, but it is cool to see him get another three-year contract, you know, 31 million. That's nothing to scoff at him and uh, him and Kyler seem to get on the same page late. Um, so no, it'll be it'll be fun watching him come back and kind of help put that put that offense over the top. Oh, and I don't know if you mentioned Allen Robinson. Um, I didn't catch Briefly. a little bit of your list. What's up? Briefly, yeah. Briefly, um, I like the Allen Robinson move even more if Odell comes back because then you got Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Odell. You got a lot of dudes that do kind of similar stuff where they're like route running, crafty guys. You know. None of them are like big time dudes. None of them are super speedsters. Odell's kind of the closest, but they're all like Allen Robinson's kind of the similar mold to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. You know what I mean? So that that would be fun to see just a bunch of route runners together like that. Um, so that that one I'm a fan of, especially if Odell comes back. Um, Jesse Bates, since he t- tagged him, that's huge. Obviously, you want to keep the band together rather than letting them you know fall apart. Since he's going to have to keep it together and keep building, because, I mean, they could be a team that's perennial, like AFC Championship Super Bowl. And then the last one I wanted to mention was uh, Marcus Williams ended up in Baltimore. Are they the best secondary on paper in the league right now? Because that's that's huge. You know what I mean? If, if they're healthy, right, because that was their issue. Right. But, I mean, yeah, on paper for sure. Oh, one, one last one. I saved the best for last. Um. Randy Gregory, man, uh, doing God's work out there. <laughs> hey, what a uh, situation that was. Fuck you, Dallas. Uh, I'm going to send my sweet talents over there to Denver. Um, you know, I just, I'll dive into that for like two seconds. That allegedly happened because Dallas, when they write up their contracts, allegedly writes up some sort of stipulation to where if the player gets in trouble and gets fined, Dallas is going to claw back money from them on top of it as well. And apparently that's something that they got. I mean, here's the deal. Dallas did a lot for Randy Gregory. I mean, they obviously helped the guy out, Marcus Lawrence. A lot of these guys, Dallas has kind of helped out. Them in Cincinnati are organizations that seem to take on a lot of guys like this. But uh, 
I mean, Gregory just giving him the big middle finger after they, they literally posted the contract on Twitter. Like, I'm yeah, so that familiar. was bad. That was bad. That was just, uh, as a, as a massive Dallas hater, I love to see it, but at the end of the day, it's like, man, that's rough for anything. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. That's hard. But, uh, you know what? He, he made his money now. He made his money. Oh, yeah. All right. That's the show. That's all we got. Uh, didn't expect to talk about Devonte Adams on a new team tonight, but that's what happened. Uh, a lot of free agency. Um, obviously with, like I said, the new league year, that'll continue into next week. Uh, we might jump back into some more draft talk a little bit as we continue down, uh, draft row there prospects things like that um but yeah we'll see what happens there i'm sure there will be some big news to talk about next week once again deshaun watson on uh, that situation maybe baker too so if you were to guess who's the next uh who's the next big move probably watson i would say watson oh, oh sometime this weekend yeah i think watson's the big domino to fall so everything else can start coming around it you guys ready i'm gonna give you I'm going to give you a sneaky one that might happen. Tyron Matthew to the Eagles. Oh, of course. No, so uh, the Eagles are super on the safety market. They had a bunch of money tied up in uh, Williams that went to Baltimore. And then they were big time in on the May and Reed contracts and uh, fell short on all of them. There's only one guy really out there left to sign. The Eagles need a guy. I mean, I could see how he ponying up some, and especially with them reworking Fletch's contract, I, I could see them ponying up some money and bringing him in. And uh, I think he'd be a very, very good fit, you know. Don't let him freelance too much, Jeremy. Hey, we, we did that with Asante Samuels and it worked out. Now, obviously, it's a different position, but, I, I mean, a guy like that, a vocal guy in the locker room, it'd kind of be like the Malcolm, the Malcolm factor too. So I, I, I'd like to see that myself. Yeah, so I mean, that obviously, be- that would be a huge addition to anybody who gets – Tyron Matthew, huge addition to that defense. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I personally, I kind of think this Watson stuff's going to drag out till just about the draft, honestly, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, happy St. Patty's Day. Um, it is spring this weekend, officially. Sunday is the official first day of spring. So happy spring as well. Uh, we're starting to feel it in the air up here in old Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Um, also, March Madness, so a lot, of, a lot of sports happening this weekend, too. Did you boys do a bracket real quick? A few, and they're not, already done. I mean, Kentucky lost. I think that, that killed a lot of people, so I'm not going to say it's like I, – I didn't have them winning the championship. And then I think I had Iowa going pretty far, and that kind of squandered me a little bit. So, you know, I won't be winning any of the big ones, that's for sure. I uh I was sent the invite to do a couple of brackets and it completely put it off because I recently bought a Nintendo Switch. So uh yeah, I didn't do one. <laughs> I've been paying attention to it, but I did not do one. Well, I've done two and um both of mine have taken some big hits, as they always do, as they always do. Yes. But it's still fun. That's still fun. Day I was gonna today. say that's that's the one thing every year that I don't do one. I always sit here after seeing like Kentucky fall, things like that. I always go, and this is why it doesn't hurt my feelings that I didn't do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's you always get your hopes up and then it's just frustrating at the end. So yeah. all right. Anyways, enjoy it. If you've got one, good luck. Obviously, enjoy the weekend. Happy spring. 
Talk to y'all later, and of course, adios. Adios. <laughs>